You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. This morning, we're going to continue in our series. We're so glad you're here. You are an answer to prayer. I just want you to know that. We've been praying that God would send you here. And uh, if you are here new with us, we want to connect with you. We've got that Connect uh, Lunch uh, next week after second service, and it's going to be great, and uh, you're not going to want to miss that. But last week, like I was saying, we launched into our new series for the fall called Everyday Faith. And Everyday Faith is based on the book of James, and, which is a New Testament book in the Bible, and it's one of the books, and we're going to tackle the entire book over the next several weeks and uh, through the fall leading up to Christmas. And if you don't have, oh, Pastor Jamie, I'm sorry, I totally missed it. If you've got kids, this is your time to boot those kids, get them out of here. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Get out of here. All right. We love our kids. Man, what a blessing seeing all these kids leave. All right. No, 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 no. That's not what I meant. Hey, I was a kid's pastor. Bring them back. I was a, I, I was a song and dance, baby. No. Anyway, uh, we're studying the book of James, right? And we're glad you're here. And uh, anyway, the New Testament book, and we're going to take until Christmas to get our mind around this. And uh, seriously, if you, (laughs) we just had all the kids leave, but if you need to get up and leave and get a copy of James and then come back, uh, we want you to do that. We want to make sure everybody's got a copy if you want one. And what this is, it's basically, real quick, it's the scripture on one side, and then it gives you opportunity to take notes on the other side. And we believe that these will become a treasure for you. And uh, so if you don't have one yet, uh, go ahead and grab one and track along with us. James is such a practical book. It's a challenging book, and it deals with everyday issues. Some people will relate it to the Proverbs. Uh, They'll say it's the Proverbs of the New Testament. Other people have uh, referenced it saying it's like the Beatitudes, some of Jesus's words in the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to see a connection with that today. Um, But it's a, really, if you boiled it all down, really, the book of James is about faith in action. In fact, I would encourage you somewhere at the beginning of James, maybe on the first page, put faith in action, because we're going to see this theme throughout the book of James. Last week, as we unrolled this idea uh, of uh, studying the book of James, we said that James was the half-brother of Jesus. And most commentators agree. Uh, there is some debate. Uh, someone came out to me after and was uh, talking about that. But most believe it's the half-brother of Jesus. And really, when you study the, the half-brother of Jesus, uh, James, through the New Testament, it, he played an important role in the New Testament. He became a pillar in the church. He was a central leader in Jerusalem uh, over the church. And the biggest thing about James is he believed in Jesus, his brother. He believed that his brother was the son of God. And that just kind of blows your mind, blows my mind, and to the point that he gave his life. He was one that was martyred for his faith at about 60-something A.D. And when we talk 
talked about James writing this. We said, well, who is he writing to? He's writing to us. He's writing to the church, the big C church, so to speak, the gateway church. And technically, he is writing to the 12 churches scattered in the dispersion is how it says it in the verse 1 of chapter 1. But this is a group of people that have left Jerusalem. They've experienced trial and hardship and persecution. There are some that have lost their homes for sure. And uh, they are, they're floundering. And he writes this letter to them. And the reason in particular is because as James has seen these people flee Jerusalem and get planted, he's noticed that they were not growing in their faith like they could or should. There was some spiritual immaturity that he is addressing. James is wanting to bring hope and bring stability and balance and maturity. In fact, last week I said that it is a high compliment, maybe the highest compliment you could receive as a Christian uh, brother or sister to say that you are a stable believer. Stability is a virtue. And we saw that last week, and we're going to see that throughout the series as well. The idea of standing, standing firm, immovable, not tossed to and fro uh, you know, with the wind and the waves, and overcoming resistance. And that's where our focus will be week in and week out. And as we think about that idea of stability, I want to just ask you about your own faith. And I know I'm going to ask it now and at the end of the message, do you have a deep faith, an everyday vibrant faith that would be marked by being stable? This idea of everyday faith should bring stability to our lives. And James, he's writing to us to expose some weaknesses, not to shame us, but to encourage us. James wants us to experience the fullness of the relationship of God, to really look at Ephesians 6 that says to stand firm and to be that and to incorporate that into our day-to-day lives. I believe that this series is a life-giving series of messages for us and for someone today, and I'm believing that. And so with that, let's stand and let's continue in our journey. We're still in James chapter 1. And as I've studied this and really understood James uh, from a uh, kind of a big picture, uh, 100% this book was meant, it was sent to the 12 churches, so it's going to go one church to the next, to the next, to the next, and it was meant to be read out loud, and so all throughout this series, we're going to do that, and you can follow along in your copy or it's on the screens. Uh, and the other thing I want you just to see as I start to read this, uh, as we... Uh, start to get into James a little more. It is linked to the gospel. None of what we will cover will make sense unless we're seeing it through the lens of the gospel. And what I mean by that, we want to see Jesus in the book of James. And we're going to see that today. And uh, without further ado here, uh, it says the title before we get to the scripture, it says, Hearing and Doing the word of God. Verse 19 says this, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be, and everybody say, be, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. 
Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Verse 22, but be, everybody say, be, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at him and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer of who forgot, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. And then verse 27, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Let me say, just before you're seated, James has one letter that is compiled in Scripture. He's got one shot. It's a little different than Paul who wrote lots of letters to lots of different churches. And what I love is that James does not hold back. What we are reading today is strong language, and it is for us to hear. And I want you to take it personally. And uh, we'll talk about that in a moment, but let's pray. Lord, I thank you that your word is life, and God, that today we just believe that you're speaking to us through your word. Lord, I pray through the foolishness of preaching, God, you would, this would make a difference to those that are online, those that are here. God, I pray that it would strengthen us in this season. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen and amen. You can be seated, and I want you to have your pens out, and I want you to circle in your Bible verse 22 of James chapter 1. It is the theme verse, the idea of being a doer of the word, living out what we hear. If, if most commentators look to this scripture as the overriding theme, and let's just look at it. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. And then at the end of that verse, it says, deceiving yourselves. Before we get to the verses about being a doer and not just a hearer, I want to talk about this deception that can happen self-deception, and it's uh, as to be a warning for us today. We see it in verse 22 here. It's repeated again in verse 26. It says, uh, the, the one that does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, the same word there. In other words, pay attention. And the idea is that uh, many people uh, deceive themselves into thinking that they are saved and they may not. Now, if you turn with me to Matthew or write it down in your scripture here, Matthew 7, 21 through 23, look what it says. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? This is scary. The church, then it goes on. It says, and then I will declare to them, 
I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. What's happening here? Someone was deceived. They thought they were something that they were not. And we actually wrestled with this a group of pastors after last Sunday, uh, literally after first or second service, I took off on retreat, and then I was back on Wednesday evening for prayer. Uh, but we actually talked about this, that saying the idea that there are people in our congregations that may think they are saved and are not. There are pastors, there are people that will cast out demons and even do many mighty works that when judgment time comes, uh, they will not make it, and that is a sobering thought. Now, I'm not sure that's what James is talking about expe- uh, specifically, uh, but I believe there's another type of deception here, a warning for all of us. And again, this is written to believers in assuming that uh, the majority that are here are believers. This is going to speak to us. And, and the idea, apparently, is that believers were fooling themselves in regards to their Christian walk. They thought they were something that they were not. They thought they had a level of spiritual maturity. They were spiritual in nature, but they were not. And again, this is written to believers, written as a warning. I think about it. It's possible for you or even a a pastor, I mean, I, I certainly could fit this category, that you could attend, you could hear good preaching, you could listen to podcasts, about the Word. You could have Christian TV on, TVN or something else, or even the radio. Uh, When you're in your car going down the scripture, you know, going down the the road and, you know, maybe Bible uh, radio on. And it's possible that you would never grow, that you never become more stable. And the reason is because you would take in all of this information. And we're going to see today that faith really is faith in action. In fact, everyone say that with me, faith in action. And you may have lacked the action piece, the going and doing. That's what this section of scripture uh, highlights, the hearing and doing the word. And when we look at these scriptures, I want you to know that this is not just a preference of James or even a preference of God. We need to do this faith in action. It's the evidence of our faith that makes a difference. I want you to write down Romans 10, 17, uh, around the idea of faith in action. It says this, so faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And we're going to talk about the word of God and what does that mean in relation, because we see the word of God mentioned here in the book of James here as well. We'll talk about that, but let's talk about hearing. We'll start with hearing. We are called to be hearing. And so verse 19 in James chapter 1 says this, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Three things. It's like the one, two, three punch, right? It's quick to hear, Slow to speak and slow to anger. And it's interesting to me that he puts those together. How many know that listening is the hardest when we become angry? When you get angry, and there, even if it's a righteous anger, uh, we need to remember that we have two ears and one mouth. Let that be an uh, encouragement to listen more 
and to talk less. Listening assumes that you will control your tongue, to be slow to speak. Proverbs says even a fool seems wise when he keeps quiet. (laughs) And we don't want to be foolish by running our mouth. In verse 20, it talks about anger that does not produce the righteousness of God. This is strong language. And so apparently, James has seen some anger and seen some some people that are overextending, talking too much. And he says, look, be slow to speak, slow uh, to listen, or quick to hear, and slow to anger. Because if we are not, our faith is worthless. Our example, our witness to others is worthless. And we see that picked up in verse 26. It says, if any thinks that he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, in other words, listen and be slow to speak, but deceives his heart, the person's religion is worthless. Church, we're called to hold our tongue. Otherwise, we're deceiving our own heart. Faith in action. Listening. It starts with listening, hearing. But listening and hearing the word is not enough. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, On page 8, it goes on to say that we should be doers, right? There's a doing. And it's not just we hear in one ear and out the other. No, we are called to be doing. We are not designed just to hear. We are called to live in obedience to the word, and which includes doing and acting, and let's look what this means. Verse 22, the key verse of all of the book of James says, but be a doer of the word and not hearers only, again, deceiving yourselves. And then James goes on to explain, he gives a picture of how this verse or how this understanding should be uh, interpreted. He gives an illustration of a mirror. Look at, look at it, verse 23. If anyone hears the word and is not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror, and he, for he looks at himself and goes away, and at once he forgets what he was like. A mirror. A mirror is an interesting analogy here. Because in the first century, mirrors were not all that common. They were not readily available. In fact, it would be a rare opportunity for someone to see themselves and to see their reflection. That's totally opposite of today, whether we like it or not. We've got cameras everywhere. We've got big mirrors in your home, uh, and uh, there's, I'm sure of that, there are big mirrors in our uh, lobby, or not our lobby, but our bathrooms, and you can just kind of take a good look, and, and, um, and I, I, I don't know if you do that, um, for better or for worse, right? And we got the ability to capture video that's in our hands, in our pockets at all times, and I was thinking about it this week. Um, I'm not sure I like that so much. This last week our, where I work out, they were doing a, a challenge and they were encouraging people at the gym to take 
videos of themselves working out. I told Jessica this, and she said, no one wants to see you working out. <laughs> and she's probably right. And so I kind of resisted, resisted. And then on Friday, I got kind of, or Thursday, I got kind of coerced, like because you got different points and we're trying to be competitive here or whatever. And I thought, okay, all right, I'll, I'll do this. And I kind of made light of it. But I realized that uh, when, when we, have, we have the ability, we know what we look like, right? But a lot of times I look straight on. But in one of the videos... I'm down like this, the video coming this way, and I come down like this to get the, and I look at the video, and I see what's happening up top, and my heart sank, and I didn't realize it had already been posted, and I didn't post it for everyone to see, only for those at the gym, that they convinced me that that'd be the case, and I'm saying, this is not good. And, um, and, but it's reality, I guess. And so for good or for bad, the point is in the first century, if they had the opportunity to see themselves in a mirror, they were going to look intently. It wasn't going to be a quick, you know, yep, I got this. Yeah, I'm looking good. No, there would be no just quick glances. They would take a deep, long look. No quick glances will do with our spiritual walk as well. When we see ourselves according to Scripture, looking at the mirror, saying, okay, our, our lives should reflect God's Word, we cannot take a quick look. We need to take a deep, long look, kind of like the look that we're encouraging the doctors to work with our daughter. Uh, I know you've been asking and uh, wondering about re- uh, how she's doing. She's doing uh, good. Uh, this week, she was in the ER for, on Monday for six hours. She was at the uh, urgent care on Friday, and uh, we're still working some things out. But we want the doctors to take a deep, long look. We want to figure out what's happening in Reagan's life. And we believe that's going to happen tomorrow. You can be praying for her. She's going to see an immunologist and uh, looking at the whole picture. And again, we don't want to just like, you know, oh, just try this new medicine or your this, you know, we don't want to just brush this under the rug. No, we want a deep, long look. And then the following Monday, she'll be at U of M with the infectious disease doctor. And again, we say thank you for doing that. But the point is, when we look at the word, right, the word, the law, it should change us. There should be some transformation. And I want you to see a couple things in chapter one here. Uh, Verse 21 if you got your copy here, in verse 21, it talks about the implanted word. I got that circled. You can circle that in your Bible. Also in verse 26 or 25, it talks about the perfect law and then uh, the law of liberty. You say, well, what is James talking about? Well, he's talking about the word. He's talking about the encouragement in scripture. He's talking about Jesus's words because if you turn to the next chapter, James chapter two, verse eight, Pastor Bobby pointed this out to me. uh, We get the answer. What is James talking about in these verses. Look what it says. It says, if you really fulfill, again, the royal law. So we have the implanted word, the royal law, the uh, perfect law, the law of liberty. He's saying the same thing in just different ways. It says, if you really fulfill the royal law according to scripture, and then he explains what it is, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. He says, then you're doing well. He comes back to the great commandment that Jesus told us all about. Jesus says to love God, 
to love others. And how many know that that kind of love, uh, it's not a static love. It's an action love. And it never gets old. We should hear the word. We put it into action. We are called to be doers of the word, verse 22, to be a doer who acts, verse 25, and then in verse 27, look at it, it it finishes the chapter, chapter 1, we see this explanation, some clarity from James describing love your neighbor as yourself. He says this, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, pay attention, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. He's saying, look, do something about the most vulnerable in your life, those that are most vulnerable in the world. Visit orphans, that's children without parents. Visit widows, that's women without family. Again, the law, the commands to be fulfilled. We need to be asking ourselves, who is our neighbor? And not only identify it, we need to do something about that. We should be people of action. Righteousness is the evidence of our faith. It's the gospel story. And like I mentioned earlier, the book of James does not make sense outside of the gospel through that lens. And in the gospels, Jesus talked about sowing the seed, sowing the word of God. And he talks about that. And he says, you scatter the seed and some of the seed will end on rocky soil and it will be hardened or, or some will be in the thorns and they'll grow up and be choked. And, and we don't want to be that. We want to be the seed that's planted in good soil But the point is, is if we don't receive and then put it into action, we're going to lose out. It's going to grow up and wither out. It's going to get burned out by the sun if we don't water it. If the word does not take root in our lives, in other words, we're seeing the word, we're saying, okay, how does it affect? If it doesn't take effect in us, we will lose touch of who we are and what we should do. Again, if we do not apply what we have heard, we will lose it. We'll lose it. But when we get it right, church, there's something to celebrate. In verse 25, it says at the end of verse 25, it says, he will be blessed in his doing. When we get it right and we start to put our faith into action and we start to get busy and, uh, or we continue to be busy, we will be blessed. You will be blessed. And that's where we get the correlation between the Beatitudes. Blessed is the man, right? Over and over, James and the gospel story. It doesn't make sense otherwise. And when I think about blessing and I think about the fruit that can come from our uh, taking God's word and having that reflect in our lives, I was reminded of the parable of Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 30. And we're not going to look at the scripture, but you can write it down and look at it later. It's a story of the three servants. One servant is given five bags of silver, one two bags of silver. The other is one bag of silver. The owner goes away. Uh, the intention was that they, those, uh, those uh, stewards would invest that money, that silver, and hopefully multiply it. When the owner comes back, the one that had five now has ten. The one that had two now has four. And then the one that had one 
dug a hole and only had one. But as the story unfolds and the owner looks at the one that had five and now has ten, he says this, well done, my good and faithful servant. And to those who use well, they will be given even more. But then for the one that did nothing, that went and buried it, even what little they had was taken from them according to Scripture. So we can celebrate the blessing and say, yes, if you are active and you, you're going to be blessed, you're going to even have more. But there's a warning here as well of inactivity. We don't want to be people of inactivity. As we wrap this up, there's some takeaways, some application that I, I want to bring. As I was just you know, meditating on these verses, and I'm thinking to myself, is there any passage today that we need to hear more from? I'm not sure. This is so powerful. Two ears, one mouth, right? Quick to listen, quick to hear. Much needed in this day and age. People are on edge right now. People that we rub shoulders with. There's pent-up desire. There's fear. And what happens is not the most healthy communication always happens. People are worked up. People often will cross the line. And James is saying uh, in your speech, and he's saying, look, slow down. Stop talking. And let's hear the word of God, and let's do something about it. Let's put our faith in action. Excuse me for a second. Faith in action. Um, all throughout this series, we're going to post on Tuesday, we're going to try to post on Tuesday. Uh, one, there's a pastor, his name is Francis Chan. Some of you have heard of him. He actually did a video series, like 12 weeks, on these verses in James. And he, he's really creative. And we're going to try to recap those and kind of post those after. So we'll preach and then we'll post on Tuesday uh, his thoughts on the the verses, and so you can be looking for that on Facebook. But on this particular week, uh, this might catch your attention, he talks about somebody uh, being severely overweight, like 1,000 pounds or over, uh, the fat guy, like they can't move, uh, can't even feed himself. And he says the, the, when someone gets that large, um, they, all they can say is feed me, feed me, feed me. And they, their bodies are actually atrophying. Their body without exercise is shutting down. And uh, it, it's really a sad story. And he says that we as believers uh, cannot afford to be that type of person spiritually, where we're just taking in, taking in, eating, 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 getting all this and not exercising our faith. And it's, it's really a creative way how he talks about it. You can check it out on Tuesday or look it up yourself uh, later this afternoon. But the idea is that there's application. Like, what do we do? Like, how do we do this? What would it look like in our own lives to put our faith in action or to have this everyday faith that is God-honoring? And the <coughs> at the crux of it, excuse me, is that we need to be going in doing something, hearing and doing. We need to be doing something. And so what does that look like? I want to just give you some ideas. Uh, it could be, for some of us, that we'd cut back in our expenses uh, so you can give more generously, right? So you kind of look at your finances and say, okay, we're, 
or you could uh, help those of us that are running with Team World Vision. We got 15 or 16 of us that in three weekends away, we're going to be running and raising money for Team World Vision. And what that does, it, it's providing clean water uh, and the gospel story with World Vision, and it's incredible. Uh, we uh, we're doing these long runs. Uh, there's a bunch of us that are running, and uh, get behind us and support us, and that'd be great. But the point is, do something. And uh, just total side note, with Team World Vision in 2023, right before Easter, uh, we've got uh, a, an initiative that we're going to do with them called Chosen, and it's going to really put us face to face with faith in action, and it'll be great. But the idea is, you should do something. When you understand that there are women and children that are trafficked and uh, that are raped day after day, we can't just sit on the sideline and do nothing. We need to be people that are called to action to do something. There are a half a million orphans in the United States in our foster system right now. I looked it up this week. Maybe you grab a kid and say, hey, we'll take you for a time or maybe even for a forever family. The point is you do something. And we understand, James is saying, when we start to live that way, he describes it as true religion. It's going to make a difference in someone's life. To love your neighbor as yourself, putting faith in action. There are positive examples of this all over the Gateway Church, and we see it. I see it. We have families that are fostering and that are adopting, and it takes time and sacrifice to do that, and I commend the families that are doing that. We have some foreign exchange students in our midst that are just a joy to have, but it takes time and commitment to do that. How many know that we have widows among us and we are called to love them and to come alongside of them. And I see in some cases that where it just is done so well in the, the heart to reach out, to get those widows involved, to love them well. We got a group of women that are loving single moms right now. And they're putting their faith in action through Embrace Life, loving on single moms. And I love it. And we see this all over the Gateway Church. But I want us to understand that just because the church is, has a program or there's you know, a couple families here or there that are doing it, we need to look at ourselves. We need to take this personally and say, all right, do we, do you, do I have a deep faith, an everyday faith that's put into action? And that is meant to be a strong statement what does your walk with the Lord look like? Is there action in your life? One more example. We've got a family, um, Dennis Hardy and Mary Hardy uh, are doing it. They are actually, uh, Dennis went to Ukraine a couple uh, months ago, back in July, and uh, was there and evangelizing, and he met a family uh, that had been displaced when he was in Poland. And this family is refugee and he invited them to come to the United States and to live with them. And it happened. And this morning, they were here, first service, this new family that we get to love because of the Hardy's sacrifice. The point is, do something. We cannot afford to be indifferent or to just look at the word and say, all right, love your neighbor and do nothing. 
No, the Lord will move us to action. And not only to action, I believe he will move us to a point of generosity and at times even to sacrifice. But we need to be listening and saying, God, in what area can I be active? What can I do for you? The way I want to close the service, even before the band comes, I want you to close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to wrestle with this idea, what does your faith look like? Is it a deep faith, an everyday faith, a faith that is called to action? And I'm curious that I want to encourage you to pray a significant prayer, a difficult prayer. And I want you to only pray this if you mean it in this moment. And the prayer is simply this, Holy Spirit, what are my next steps? What, Holy Spirit, do you have for me to do? And I believe that the Holy Spirit is creative, he's powerful, he can speak to each and every one of us to put our faith into action. He's going to give us an idea, and if you pray that prayer today, in this moment, and you ask the Lord to speak to you, he will drop something in your life now or later today or this week, and the light bulb will come on, and you can step into putting your faith into action. With your head bowed and eyes closed, I just want you to ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, what are my next steps? How can I put my faith into action? Lord, as we're here in this moment, I'm asking that you would speak to us. Speak to me, Lord. That we would be people not just hearing the word, but we would be doers of the word. Do a mighty work inside of us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I'm going to ask the worship team to join me for a moment here. We're going to close the service with a song about salvation. And I'm going to ask everybody to stand right where you are as we prepare to close. And thank you for sticking with us online. Uh, this is for you as well. I, I, do, I just want to make sure that we're crystal clear that as we talk about doing the word or hearing the word and then doing it, putting our faith into action, it is absolutely would be a uh, tragedy if you walked away thinking, okay, my salvation is dependent on what I do. Because that's the furthest thing from the truth. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it says very clearly, it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. The way you are saved is through God's graciousness. It is not of your own doing. Super clear. Just want to make that clear. There's nothing you can do that can earn you salvation. It's only by putting your faith in Jesus. It says in verse 9, and not a result of works so that anyone could boast. So it's not in doing. Salvation is a gift, and we want to offer that gift to you 
that it would be a blessing to you, that you would step into a relationship with Jesus. And this morning, if you are here or if you're online and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, and you're saying, I need to put my faith in Jesus, I'm just going to ask you right where you are, just boldly, would you just lift your hand and we want to pray with you. Who in second service here is saying, yes, I need to put my faith in Jesus? Come on, who is it? Uh, First service, um, we prayed. If you're online, certainly, we uh, will connect with you. You just got to let us know. We have resources we want to put in your hands. Is there anyone, second service, in the room saying yes? Just make sure I see your hand. don't think I'm seeing anyone. If I miss someone, uh, forgive me. Come and talk with us at the Connection Center. Come and chat with me after. What I want to do is I want us just to just revel in the fact that uh, we are saved. We are blessed because when we give our heart to Jesus, He comes in. He saves us. It's incredible. And the song we're going to close with is called Homecoming. And at the beginning of the song in particular, it talks about some of the things that we might try to do. Like, Lord, I confess, uh, you know, I've, I've tried to do this on my own. And, and really, we need to let God do the work. And so uh, with that, uh, Pastor Bobby, would you lead us in this final song? Yes, Jesus, we thank you that our slate is clean, that we've been made free. Lord, and as people who are forgiven. Lord, help us to be people that carry that same grace and forgiveness that you have. That so often we look out in the world, Lord, and we see its imperfections. We see its dirtiness. We see sins. And and we make an enemy out of the world, Lord. But you have called us in this chapter of James to look at ourselves in a mirror, to examine ourselves, to look at our own hearts our own sins, our own motives, our own wickedness, our own hurt, our own shame, Lord, and not to walk away and forget, but Lord, to recognize our imperfections and then lean on you as the only one who can wipe our slate clean, Lord. And we know that as we look at that reflection, as we see all of our faults and and bask in your forgiveness and grace, Lord, that it will make us more compassionate to those that, Lord, it will spur us to action to take care of the orphans, to take care of the widows. Lord, that you are calling us to be your ambassadors, that you are calling us to be your hands and your feet, and let us not take that lightly and make you idle in our lives by not putting our faith to action, Lord. So as we leave this place, let us leave commissioned by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, upholding that royal law to love our neighbors as ourselves. That as you do a transformation in us, that you would do a transformation through us. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, and we know as we go that you will be before us, behind us, and all around us every single step of the way. Let your kingdom come here and your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, thank you so much for joining us. You guys can go in the grace of God. We hope you have a great week.
Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.